we're doing is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to get our hearts ready to receive what He wants us to grab a hold of today. So, Father, we just come to you and, and we thank you for what you've done so far. We thank you for the encouragement, the time we have had in just being able to love on you and worship you and enjoy you. And we're, we're so grateful for that opportunity. And so, Lord, we're, we open our hearts to hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to me. And so, Lord, I, I give ears to your word, and I position my heart to receive what you have for me. And so I put aside the distractions. I turn off my Facebook notifications. And, Lord, I just give my heart to you. And we thank you that you love us so much that, Lord, not only did you send Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but also your word. You gave us your word so we can be equipped to be powerful people, sons and daughters for your kingdom to advance through us. So we just give you honor and praise, and we give you our attention in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. All right, for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking about, I've been talking to you about declarations. And if you haven't been here for either of the last two weeks, I would encourage you, you can go on our podcast at ncfok.org. And you can listen to those messages on, on the internet, in the podcast. Uh, because I'm not going to, obviously, preach what I did last time. So if you want to catch up with us. And this is the third part and, and the final part to this series for now. And so we've been talking about declarations. And basically what I mean by that is regularly and often making faith-filled statements that line up with God's word, God's heart, and God's will. Making faith-filled statements. Faith-filled statements that line up with God's word primarily. Okay, it's got to line up with God's word, God's will, and God's desire. And the purpose of this is to align our belief system with the Father's belief system. You know, there are so many promises and so many things that God has made available for us, but the reason why we're not walking in them is because of our belief system. We don't believe it. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians that God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He has already done it. It's not that we're waiting for him to do it, but he's already done it. But he's waiting for us to learn how to obtain it. And what's stopping us from, from obtaining it is our belief system. We don't believe it. Now, we, we try to agree with it, but that's not, it's not about agreeing, it's believing it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's, it's, God is not moved by your need. He's moved by your faith. Because if God was moved by our need, then all of our needs would be met, right? All the time. And there's a lot of people that have needs. But why do a lot of needs go unmet? Because it's, he's moved by our faith. Now, the Bible says God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But it's like, well, why, why is that not happening? Because we have to learn how to obtain what he's made available for us. And so we're talking about declarations being a part of that. It helps to align our belief system with the Father's belief system. And declarations can be an integral part of the transformation process that God is inviting us to participate in. Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world. So guess what? You can be. You can be conformed to this world. You can be conformed to this world. You can, you can line up 
agree with and be molded into the patterns of this world. But the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Anybody ever heard of a um, caterpillar? Anybody ever heard of a butterfly? Anybody ever heard of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly? That word, that process is called metamorphosis. And the Greek word is metamorpho, if I'm pronouncing it right. And that's what this word transformed is. So it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be metamorpho, be metamorphosized, I guess you could say. So in other words, we're a certain way and God wants us to be transitioned to something else. It says, so do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then here's what happens when your mind is renewed and you're transformed. Then you may prove what, the, what that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. When our mind is transformed, excuse me, when our mind is renewed and we're transformed, we begin to understand and appropriate the will of God for our lives. But the interesting thing about this is, guess who is responsible for doing this? Who is the command to? He's not saying sit back and let God... Uh, renew your thinking, renew your mind. He's not saying, you got to sit down and let God renew your mind. He's saying, do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he's telling us, this is something we partner with him in doing. You know, there's three, I don't know if I said this last week, but I'm going to say it this week, just in case I didn't say it last week. But there are three parts, when you get born again, when you become a Christian, you get saved, there are three parts to that process. Okay? There are three parts to that process. The first part is, you say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender to you. you and then at, the moment, at that moment, you're born again. His spirit, God's spirit comes and, dwell, and um, joins with your spirit, and you're instantly born again. Instantly. You didn't do that. God did that. You said yes. You believed, and you agreed, and confessed, and then, bam, that process happened. Okay, that's part A of a three-part process. Okay, then the third process is, the Bible says in the last days or in the twinkling of an eye, when Jesus comes back, our bodies are going to be transformed instantaneously. So the body that you have is going to be instantly changed to a different kind of a body. It's going to be the kind of body that Jesus has currently. You know, the kind where he could pass through walls, but he could also eat fish. Isn't that kind of cool? I can't wait. Can't wait. So anyway, so in the beginning, we're born again, his spirit with our spirit, instantaneously. At the end, when he comes back, our bodies are going to be changed. So our spirit has been changed. Our bodies are going to be changed instantaneously. Well, that leaves the, the middle part, part two. And that's called our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. And there's a, there's a process called sanctification the Bible talks about. And that's the part right here where he's talking about do not be conformed to the world. In other words, your mind, will, and emotions lining up and agreeing with the system of this world. And that's where many believers are, many Christians are. We are walking in agreement and partnership with the patterns and the philosophies of this world. And he's saying do not do that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have a part to play in the process of our mind being renewed and we're being transformed. That's how you can have a person 
who's been a believer, who's been a Christian, born again for 20 years, and then you have another Christian who's been a, a born-again Christian for two years, and the two-year-old Christian seems a lot more mature than the 20-year-old Christian. It's like, what? what? I don't get it. Man, they've been going to church for 20 years. And the problem is that's all they've been doing, going to church. But this two-year-old Christian got a hold of this that, wait a minute, I need to be, my mind needs to be renewed. And so that person begins to do something that causes them to grow up into Christ Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we've been talking about. And declarations is a part of that process. It's something that can be a part of that process. It's not that you have to make declarations for your mind to be renewed. But I believe declarations is a wonderful tool to help us in that process. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing what? So if I'm hearing God's word, then I'm, my faith is going to increase, right? That's what it says. Now, right here in this specific, that's not the right word, specific context right here, he's talking about salvation. He's talking about someone preaching the gospel, you hearing the gospel, faith comes, and boom, you're born again. But the principle applies to many other things as well. So if you hear the word of salvation, putting your faith in Jesus, you hear that, faith comes, boom, you respond, and you're born again. That same concept works with many other things. Many other things. You hear God's word, and you mix it with faith, add faith to that, then boom, there's going to be wonderful results. So faith comes by hearing, hearing God's word. So what does that mean if faith comes by hearing God's word, then what does that mean you need to be doing to God's word? You need to be reading it, but we're not talking about reading yet. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So obviously it's important to read, obviously, kind of tricked you, but we need to hear it too, right? So how are you going to hear God's word? Speak it out loud. There you go. Speak it out loud. What'd you say? Your Bible app. That's cheating. That's cheating. Yeah, my Bible app does that. Sometimes I'll do, I'll push play and just listen to it. But anyway, so, so when you're making declarations, remember what declarations are is statements that are basically God's word. And let me give you an example of some of the declarations that I make. If I can find them, just give you some examples. Because of what Jesus said, and since I have the same Holy Spirit in me, I can do the same miracles that Jesus did. John 14, 12. I hear God's voice clearly today. John 10, 27. Because I am renewing my mind by the word of God, I am being transformed and becoming more and more like Jesus. Romans 12, 2 and Romans 8, 29. I speak to... Excuse me. I speak to particular situations and they change because I have no doubt in my heart and I believe it will happen. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. I don't just survive from day to day, but I overcome because I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Romans eight thirty seven. I walk in every good work that the Father has prepared for me. I walk in every good work that the Father has prepared for me. Ephesians 2, 10. Now, as I'm saying these, it's like, really, you, you walk in every good work that God's prepared for you? Currently, no. 
But guess what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So as I'm confessing this scripture, I walk in every good work that the Father has prepared for me. Then my faith is increasing in that area. And guess what? Especially as, my, you know, we learned that, that our tongue is like a rudder of a ship. And whichever way that rudder turns, that ship's going to go, right? So whatever way my tongue is leading me, that's where I'm going to go. So if I'm declaring and speaking God's word, then guess where the direction of my life is going to take me? Am I making any sense? Or have I lost you? A couple more. Now here's, here's something more practical. And uh, I am not a procrastinator. I am very efficient with my time. 2 Timothy 1.7 I am not a procrastinator. I am very efficient with my time. Now why is that important? Because what, do I, what, do I, what am I challenged by? procrastination. What is procrastination? Putting things off, right? Which is lack of discipline. And there's a verse that says, for he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and self-discipline. So I have a, his spirit is joined my spirit. His spirit is full of self-control, self-discipline. And because his spirit is in me, then guess what? That means I can walk in self-control. So therefore, I am not a procrastinator, but I'm very efficient with my time. And as I've been declaring and speaking that and coming to agreement with that, guess what's been happening with my efficiency? Thank you. It's been changing. It's been changing. And here's one. My father lavishes his love on me and calls me his son. 1 John 3.1. That is amazing. I forgot about that verse until yesterday. That's like, really, this is in the Bible? My father lavishes his love on me and calls me his son. The Bible says he, lavishes, he lavished his love on us, and he still does, and calls us his children. So daddy lavishes his love on me and calls me his son. So those are example, examples excuse me, of, of some declarations. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now listen, you've probably heard this statement before and I'm going to say it again. We are called to be agents of change. We are called to be people that go into society because Jesus said to let your light shine before men in such a way that they see your good works and glorify God. So if people are starting to glorify God who might not have been glorifying God before, then it means something has happened in their lives, has gotten their attention and causing them to begin to, to honor the Father, right? So we are called to be those kind of people that let our light shine before men in such a way that people see our good works, but they glorify the Father. And that's not just on Sunday mornings. Because see, typically in this setting, typically most of the people here are already saved, already born again, already have a hunger for God. That's not necessarily the case for everybody, but typically. So we can't just wait until everybody comes to church to influence people's lives. You know, it's like I said this before that Many of us are, are standing in the light and we have our flashlights turned on and we're shining our flashlights around in the light. And it's like, that's not too impressive. And you realize that lights, like flashlights, are made for the dark. You don't go around your house, let's say if it's, like if it's light like it is now and I'm trying to find something here, I don't turn on a flashlight and start looking, right? But if it's really dark, that's when I turn on the flashlight. Flashlights are made for darkness. 
You are the light of the world. You are made for darkness. If you think about it, and I'm not saying you go and start reveling in the darkness, <laughs> but you are made to shine in darkness. That's what we're created for, to shine in darkness. But anyway, back to agents of change. We are called to be agents of change. Where we go into places and we're in places and the atmosphere changes because we bring heaven's atmosphere with us. Because if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, he didn't want to just stay there, right? He wants to influence the atmosphere and the environment around you. Would you agree with that? I was encouraged, and, and I think I shared this a while back, but many of you know I, I, have a, I have something to do with law enforcement. I'm a chaplain there. About two years ago, the Lord called me to go into that, that, that realm, that area. And a lady that I've met <clears throat> who works for the police department, uh, who's become a good friend of mine, but she uh, happens to live next door to a couple in our a family in our church. And she found out she saw the van, the church van at his house, and she goes, wait a minute hey, do you go to New Covenant? He goes, yeah. And he goes, is CJ the pastor there? He goes, yes. And so she started sharing with him. And she says, do you realize that ever since he's come to the police department, the atmosphere has changed? And I thought that was so interesting because our Heavenly Father told me when he sent me into that place and then I was getting to know people, having a great time. I love police officers. I'm enjoying being with them. I mean, they're a special breed, right, Mike? You guys are a special breed. I mean, they're, they're um, I mean, I just love and appreciate them very much. And the more I get to know them as real people, the more I respect them. Because they're normal people putting their lives on the line. They're not superheroes. They're not bulletproof. So they put themselves in situations as a human being to keep us safe. And I appreciate that. So anyway, so as I've gotten to know them and hang out with them and, and build relationship with them and everything, and I was having a good time, and then the Lord remind, reminded me, he said, son, I didn't call you here to be a nice person. No, just to be a nice person. He wouldn't tell me to be mean. He said, I didn't call you here just to be a nice person, but I've called you here to bring my kingdom. And he's shown me ways to welcome his kingdom in that place. I make declarations. There are, there are people, there's, there's people in this congregation and this city that make declarations over law enforcement and their departments and their families on a regular basis. Things like, Father, we pray that they experience the goodness, your goodness, that they become overwhelmed with the goodness of God. We declare and pray for protection over them and just all these things that we believe is the Father's heart, we're declaring and praying over them. And as a result, the atmosphere is changing. And I believe the Lord was showing me that because he's showing a model of what he's wanting to do all over Payne County, all over Oklahoma, through you. He's wanting to change the environments that he's taken you to, even as a student at Stillwater High School or Covenant Community or Oklahoma State University or whatever school you go to. He's calling you to be in that place and bring his kingdom into that environment. So we are called to be agents of change, but we must first become changed agents. And here's a thought I wanted to share with you. If you can put that up there. Um, why does my thinking need to be changed? 
Do you have that, Noah? Why does my thinking need to be changed? Through life, negative experiences, wrong choices, and lies heard and believed. Let me say this again. Through life, negative circumstances, excuse me, negative experiences, wrong choices, and lies heard and believed, my thinking has formed certain strongholds that are contrary to God's word concerning how I view me, my circumstances, how I view people, and how I view the Father. Because of circumstances, because of life choices, because of things that have happened to me and, and lies that I've heard and agreed with, there have been strongholds, there have been strongholds that have developed in my thinking. And these strongholds cause me to view things, view me, my circumstances, my father and other people in a wrong way. So that's why my thinking needs to be changed. And to the extent that I allow my beliefs to stay contrary to the Father's beliefs is the extent that I will miss the provision, the victory, and the authority He has provided for me to walk in and experience. So because my thinking, I have strongholds, negative strongholds, strongholds that are wrong, and as long as they stay there, then to that extent, am I going to miss out on what God has for me? Yeah. Yeah. That, right there. So that's why my thinking needs to be changed. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Emphasis on word weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. Remember we just talked about because of circumstances, because of life, because of choices, because of lives heard and agreed with, there have been strongholds that have developed in my thinking. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So I have these strongholds. You know, a lot of times we use this verse to talk about strongholds, spiritual strongholds that are out there. Actually, this is talking about the strongholds in here. Thoughts, thoughts in my brain. Strongholds. So, but we have weapons designed to pull down these strongholds and to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity, into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. What is that weapon? Ephesians six seventeen. Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The weapon. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, which is the weapon that pulls down these strongholds in our thinking. And the question I have for you is, what does your sword look like? What does your sword look like? Does it look like this? Can you show that picture, Anoah? As you can see, that is a sword, by the way. Right? And, some, and many people are fighting with this sword. They're fighting with this sword. Let me give you an example of what it looks like to fight with a sword. Anybody ever heard of a lady named Eve? Anybody? Well, remember back in, in the garden, 
the Bible says that God, I'm going to paraphrase and, and go through this real quick instead of reading it all for the sake of time. But it says God put Adam in the garden and, and he told him, you can eat from all the trees, but do not eat from this one. For when you eat from this tree, you will die. Okay, remember that? And then at the end it says that God saw that it wasn't good for him to be alone, so then he, he brought forth Eve. And then in chapter 3 it says, now Satan was the most crafty animal that God had made. And Satan said to Eve, did God say that you can't eat from any of these trees? And she pulls out her sword. And she says, God said, we can't eat from this tree, nor can we touch it. For when we do that, we're going to die. Now, when God spoke to, eat, to Adam, did he say, do not eat or touch? He just said, do not eat. And what did Eve say? God said, we can't eat it or touch it. And then... The devil goes on to say, well, did he really say that? And he doesn't want you to eat it because, and then he began to deceive her. And then it says she saw that the food was, the food was good to eat, and then she ate it. And then, for those of you thinking that it's all the woman's fault, she turned to her husband, who was standing right next to her, who actually received the direct word from God. So where was his sword? It's probably laying on the ground. But the interesting thing is, is she added to God's word. She said, he said, don't eat it or touch it. And that's not what God said. And see, that's the problem. And, and possibly, Eve could have just received the word through her husband and not directly from God. Or she could have received it from God directly and she wasn't paying attention. And she didn't get it, that, and so she added to it. And that's the problem with a lot of people. They don't know God's word that well, or they choose to just hear it indirectly from people instead of going to the source themselves. And so they really don't know God's word. And they're fighting like with this. And then why is that so dangerous? Why is that so ineffective? Because when the enemy comes, when the world system begins to speak to you, guess what? It's going to make a lot of sense. You know what, what the devil said was it made sense. And she's like, hmm, you know what? That, I think you're right. And so if you don't know God's word, then you are easily susceptible to the lies. And I'm not just talking about stuff on TV, although that includes that. But I'm talking about the lies because it's not, you know, when we're watching TV and we're watching the source and it's like, now nah, I know this isn't right. Then you can guard yourself against the, the information that's coming. But I'm talking about the more subtle, the more lethal approach. It comes like this. You know, you're really not that smart. No, excuse me. You know, I'm really not that smart. I'm pretty ugly. I will always be this way. I'll never change. My mom was like this. My dad was like this. My brothers are like this. So I'm going to be like this. Nobody likes me. Because of those choices I made, because of those stupid mistakes I made, I will always be this way. Now you notice it wasn't 
you. Nobody likes you. You will never be this way. It's me. It's more deceptive because you think it's you. And what happens is, is you hear these, this barrage of lies. You don't recognize them as lies because you don't know the truth. So you pull out the sword and you try to do battle and you're getting destroyed. And we wonder, what, why am I not walking in any kind of victory? Why am I going around, 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 and around this mountain time and time again? Why can't I overcome? Why can't I get out of this situation? Why can I not stop doing this? Why do I always end up being fired or always end up quitting or always end up in this circumstance over and over and over again? You know, then Jesus came along and he showed us what a real sword looks like. Now, which one would you rather fight with? I'll give one of you this, and we'll have a fight, and we'll see who wins. And this is a real sword, by the way. If you don't believe me, let me poke you in the stomach. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, when Jesus, it said he, he, um, he was fasting, and after 40 days, the enemy came to him. And he said, if you're God's son, turn this rock into bread. And Jesus said, it is written. He pulled out the sword. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. You know, and, and Jesus didn't say, I rebuke you, devil. Get out of my face, devil. Get behind me, devil. Say, get behind me, Peter. Well, actually, he called him Satan. But he used the word. And then Satan came at him again. And I can't remember the, the order, but at one point he, he said, he took him up to the pinnacle and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you authority over all this. And Jesus said, it is written. Pulled out the sword again. It is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then check this out. Then Satan, on the last time, he, said, he took him up on a pinnacle, this high tower, and he said, hey, throw yourself off because it is written, Satan said, it is written that the angels will protect you and keep you from hitting your feet on the ground. Sometimes the enemy will come at you with Scripture. But obviously it was out of context. But if you don't know the word, then you're going to be very susceptible to deception. And then Jesus said, it is said that you should not test the Lord your God. And then it says the devil left him for an, a, a more opportune time. So Jesus' fight against deception against the enemy was the sword of the Spirit, was the word of God. And until we know God's word, we're going to be trying to fight with this. And that's what too many of us are doing, is we're playing with Legos I think we're doing some damage, and we're just getting whipped. And that's why it's so important to know God's Word. It is extremely important to know God's Word. And so let me go through some, some quick practical things. So what do we do? What do we do? First of all, I'm going to give you five steps that we can do to partner with God's Word 
so that we can be the agents of change that God has called us to be after we become changed agents. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Number one, we must have the attitude of a child. We must have the attitude of a child who realizes, I need your help, Father. I need your word. In other words, I've been a Christian since a long time. 86, 1986. So what, 32 years. I can say, well, I've been a Christian. I mean, I got this. I know this stuff. If I had that attitude, I'm going to miss it. But when I realize, you know, Father, even though I've read your word for many years and I've known you for a long time, I still need you. There are, there are many, 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 many things in your word that I still need. Matter of fact, I've barely just gotten started. And so if I approach his word with that heart and that attitude, I need you, Father. I need what you want to reveal to me in your word. So I must have that attitude. Number two, spending time with Jesus and his word must be numero uno in priority and importance. Numero uno. I just got back from Mexico, so I'm, some of my Spanish is kind of oozing out. Spending time with Jesus and his word must be number one priority. It has to be. It has to be number one priority. In other words, I need to grab a hold of something that's going to get me into his word and into his presence on a daily and regular basis. And number three, I need to invite the helper. Who did Jesus say to his disciples, when I go away, I'm going to send you the helper? Who is that? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Why is the Holy Spirit here? To help us. How often do you ask him for his help? And I'm not just talking about when you're in trouble. You're in trouble, you've made a mistake, or you've gotten yourself in a, in a bad situation, or you're just in a bad situation, and you're asking for help. That's okay to ask him for help, but that's not what I'm talking about. You know, a friend said this yesterday. I won't mention Caleb Parker's name. Oops, slipped. He said something yesterday that was, that was really good. He said, you know, just reading the Bible doesn't mean you're going to benefit from it. Now I'm paraphrasing because he said something. He said it all articulate and all cool and everything, and I can't do that. So I'm paraphrasing. But just reading the Bible, picking up the Word and reading it isn't necessarily where you're going to get benefited. How many times have you read the Bible, read a, a passage, read a, a chapter or whatever, and at the end of it, you kind of woke up. It's like, what did I just read? Because maybe you're thinking of the Thunder game that you saw last night. Or, or whatever. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? So you can read and not get anything out of it. And so it's not about just, okay, guys, read the Word. That's not it. Now, that's a big part of it. But read and invite Holy Spirit to help you engage His Word. And, and Caleb was saying that you don't benefit from the Word until the Lord brings you revelation. See, it's when the Word is revealed to you. When it's, when it's revealed to you, that's when you, when you get it. And so what we need to do as we're reading the Word is say, Father, would you reveal your Word to me? And so you go into reading the Word with the expectation that the Father is going to help me to understand and gain from it what He wants me to gain from it. Does that make sense? And number four, write down, excuse me, so after you've invited a helper to help you and he reveals his Word to you, he makes things alive to you. Then write your own, declar excuse me, own declarations and make specific truth declarations. See, the declarations that, I, that I've shared with you earlier, I have an a, a understanding of that truth 
or I'm wanting to have a greater understanding of that truth. So either I'm declaring it out of a place of faith because I've grabbed a hold of it and I'm running with it, or I want to understand it more, and so I'm declaring this truth so that I can grab a hold of it more. You know, I have a friend who years ago, he, his, his son was diagnosed with a chronic illness. The doctor said he's going to have this condition for the rest of his life. He'll just need to be on this medication, take it for the rest of his life. I don't remember what it was, but it was going to be lifelong. Well, what this man did is he, you know, we all know that the Bible says all these things about healing, right? The scriptures that there's provision for healing. What he did was he began to read the scriptures, the promises of God concerning healing. And he read them over and over and over and over. And I can't remember how long this process was. It might have been a couple of weeks or a month or so. But it was, a, it was some time. And then after he was convinced, then he laid hands on his son and his son was healed. After he was convinced, he read it over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, he believed it. And then he prayed and his son was healed. So a lot of times I'm making declarations over and over and over and over, and all of a sudden, bam, I believe it. Faith is mixed with it, and all of a sudden something happens. You know, when I told you about the mosquitoes, which I won't get into too much now, but I make a declaration, or I did make a declaration, that the mosquitoes no longer like me nor bite me. And you said, what? What in the world? Where'd you get that from? Where's the scripture in that? Mark 11, 23 and 24. Jesus says you can speak to this mountain. Now, of course, a mosquito and a mountain is different sizes. But you can speak to that situation and command it to be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt, you will have what you say. I was harassed by mosquitoes my whole life. And I realized, I came to the understanding that I do not have to be harassed by them any longer. So I began to speak to them. Just like Jesus spoke, spoke to the fig tree and, and cursed it. I curse mosquitoes so they know if I bite him, I die. See, there's this aura off of me now that mosquitoes come close and they're like, nope, he's off limits. He's off limits. And really, I do not get bit by mosquitoes anymore. When I used to be plagued by, by that. But that's just a practical illustration, an example of when Jesus says, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea. An impossible situation, an unlikely situation that we tolerate, we put up with. The place we find ourselves in life where we're always losing, we're always getting fired, we're always being rejected, we're always these things. A lot of that is because you've come into agreement, you've partnered with some lies instead of partnering with the truth. And so we need to begin to partner with the truth of who and what the Father says about me. You know, last week I passed out that sheet of declarations and I did many of you a disservice. One, I forgot to tell you what it was about because I didn't even get into my notes in my sermon. But if you just look at a piece of paper that has declarations on it and you just, sit and just make that declaration, that declaration, that declaration, all you're doing is you, you may treat it like it's just a page full of magic abracadabra type stuff. In other words, if I say this, it'll happen. And that wasn't the intention. The intention was to give you examples of declaration, some they say, yeah, I, I believe that, I agree with that. Some of you may look at it and it's like, I don't get that. Well, don't make that declaration. Read the scripture surrounding it and see, does it line up with scripture? If it doesn't, it's like, nah, I don't know about that. 
But it's got to be from your heart what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. And then that's when you're going to see things change. So you can go home and start rebuking mosquitoes all you want, and you're probably still going to get bit. Let the Lord reveal to you His Word as you spend time with Him in His presence and let Him teach you His truths. And once it gets a hold of you, then there's no stopping you. There's no stopping you. And there's, if you can go ahead and put that website up, um, Noah, and there's a, here's a book right here called Declarations. I, want, I have about six or seven copies out there. If you don't have one of these already, I would encourage you to get this because he talks about declarations and does a wonderful job explaining what these are about, the pros, or not the pros and cons, but uh, the misconceptions of declarations and everything. So sell them for $10. Uh, you can get these out there. And there's last, one last thing I want to do, and I want to invite everyone to do. Go ahead and if, if, you, if everybody get their phones out real quick, if you have a smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, then you're going to have to just sit and watch. But get your smartphones out real quick. And what we're going to do is I'm going to invite you to, to join with me and join in this person on a 40-day negativity fast, positivity feast. We're going to be fasting negativity and feasting on God's truth. So it's a 40-day devotional journey, okay? And it's something, what we're going to do is we're going to sign up and then he will send you on a daily basis starting on Wednesday. He will send you an email to your email inbox so you're going to sign up with your uh, don't go too far yet stay uh, stay there uh, so if you type in ignitinghope.com ignitinghope.com i guess yeah you can see it up there ignitinghope.com and i guess if you slash fast 2018 you can get there but when you get to ignitinghope.com your page will turn kind of orangish or whatever if you just tap on it it should take you to the area where you can you can register And what I'm inviting you to do is us together. And my hope, you know, if you say, Pastor, what would you like for Christmas? I know it's not Christmas, but I'm just telling you what I want for Christmas. I want everybody to participate in this 40-day devotional journey, basically. Is everybody there? Anybody having trouble finding it? Ignitinghope.com. Ignitinghope.com. If you don't have a a smartphone or you don't have it with you or, or whatever, then when you get on your computer, you can type this in and you can register through your computer as well. So ignitinghope.com and then click on it and you'll see um, when you get to this place, yeah, the 2018 Lent Negativity Fast, and then register now for the fast. And there's two, go ahead and scroll down. There's two, level one, level two. We're lo- signing up for level one. So click on level one and then it'll bring up that and it says any information, email address, first name, last name, boom, and you're done. Now, if you start this and you realize you don't like it, all you have to do is go down and say unsubscribe. Okay, so it's not like you're stuck with this forever. And this is the gentleman that came, uh, those of you who were here, his name is Steve Backlund. Steve and Wendy Backlund were here a year and a half ago. Uh, they're out of Redding, California. Now, they're the ones, he's the one that's, that's uh, doing this. So register for that, sign up for it, it takes you 30 seconds. And then when you get home, you'll notice that you've, you'll receive an email. It's a welcome email and an a, um, assessment, As, assessment, test, or whatever. And what he's going to do is you're going to just answer these multiple-choice questions, and then it will give you a score, kind of helping you assess where your, your thinking is on, on certain truths and everything. Yes? Oh, was it on there too? Okay. You're on that, on that declaration sheet, that website. The website is on the bottom of that. So if you sign up for this, and also 
So what will happen is, starting Wednesday, Wednesday's when it starts, you'll get an email on Wednesday, and then you read the email, and then there's, you know, there's a kind of little mini sermonette on a page. And then he'll say, let's fast this lie, and he'll declare the lie, and then let's feast on this truth, and then it'll be a, a declaration in the scripture. Uh, and then he'll say, say somewhere that that lesson corresponds with page seven in this book, or page five. This book right here is called Igniting Faith in 40 Days. This book does go with the, with the um, fast, but you don't have to have this to do that. However, I would highly recommend you get this. And I'm going to have, I ordered a bunch of them, 50 of them. Now, right now, out in the hallway, I have four of these or three of these. So if you want to go ahead and grab one, you can. If you like the Kindle version, you can go to Amazon.com and get it on your phone, like I have it on my phone. And then hopefully tomorrow or Tuesday, I'll be getting the bulk order in, and then we'll somehow get them to you before Wednesday. What was that? Was that somebody or was that a phone? Oh, okay. That's how someone was talking to me. So... Let's all stand together. So my goal, so you're like, so what's with this 40-day this journal or 40-day thing? I don't even know what it's called, this fast. My desire is for us, one, to do something together that's going to be encouraging. Two, to get us practically in God's Word. Get us moving in that direction. Unfortunately, most churchgoers don't read the word on a regular basis. Most, I didn't say some, most churchgoers, and I won't look in the eye, but most churchgoers don't read the word on a regular basis. Say, so, okay, if that's, if that's my situation right now, you know what? Okay, I acknowledge that. It's not going to be my situation starting tomorrow. Moving forward, I'm changing. I'm not going to continue to live life like I did in 2017. I'm on a new path. I'm going to partner with Holy Spirit, and we're going to tear this place up. I'm going to let him change me and do what he wants inside of me, and then let him do what he wants through me. Amen? So this is just a practical way. Now, this thing, this 40-day thing, is not going to fix you and make you perfect at the end of it, but it's moving you in a certain direction. And, uh, and I would encourage you parents to do this as, as a family. So, you know, if all of your kids are doing this, then talk about it. Learn about it, because there's some really wonderful truths that, that uh, Steve will be bringing forth. Okay? We good? All right, put your hand on your heart. And Lord, we do, we just say thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you've made your truth available for us so that we can be set free, so we can walk in victory, so we can obtain all that you've made available for us. We don't want to stay the same, Father. We don't want to stay in our current state, our current conditions. We want to be those overcoming believers that you've called us to be. We want to be those that obtain the promises that you intend for us to obtain here on this earth. So thank you so much for what you're doing in us, in this church. And people on the other side of this planet are going to know about New Covenant Fellowship because of the kingdom influence that's going to come through us into this world. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission. We say yes to you. We choose to partner with you and your word, and we thank you for grace that you've released to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you do register for this, when you do, please send me a text and say, Pastor, I'm in. That way I'll know if, and if you want a book, the books are $6. Those books are $6. Then I can somehow make sure I get a book to you, okay? So if you register, 
Just send me a text, say, Pastor, I'm in, and we'll go from there. God bless you. Have a great week.